Welcome to the Kim Doyle Show, where I believe business should be fun. Creating, marketing, and mastering your craft is as much about the day-to-day as it is about the big wins and even the epic fails. In this podcast, we're going to talk about all things content marketing, digital marketing, a little bit of mindset, and how to just show up by creating an online business and income that fits your lifestyle. Before we get into today's episode, I have a quick message from my sponsor, Cloudways. Cloudways is a managed cloud hosting platform that simplifies your web hosting experience. The platform allows businesses to focus on their growth and have complete peace of mind with 24-7 support and flexibility to scale. Can we just say support is hugely important when it comes to hosting? And thanks to Cloudways, they are offering an exclusive discount for the Kim Doyle Show listeners. Visit cloudways.com and use the promo code KIM20 to get 20% off for two months on the hosting plan of your choice. All right, guys, let's get into today's episode. What's up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Kim Doyle Show. Yes, I am still Kim Doyle, your host. One of these days, I don't know when, guys, we'll come up with a different intro. But anyway, today we are talking about achievable online success that starts with an audience first approach. I think, how do I want to phrase this? I feel like I might be coming across lately as a little ranty. <laughs> and it's it's certainly not a rant as much as it is taking a stance. Since the last episode, I've been kind of doing some content predictions, whether it was in an email, and I talk about this later in the episode, um, or a post for Content Creators Planner. But I'm in this place right now where I really, I feel so crystal clear, very focused. I am just dialed in with what's working, what's not working, what I want my life to look like in terms of where I put my time and energy and attention. And I'm having a ton of fun, which is why I wanted to talk about this audience first approach. Most of the coaching conversations I've had lately, and even conversations with friends have had one common theme, which is getting in front of the right people at the right time. This is also known as probably traffic, if if we're talking about online business, which obviously we are. But, you know, audience building and traffic I don't know. I don't think they're mutually uh, synonymous and excuse me, synonymous, mutually exclusive. Maybe I did need more caffeine today, but really it's having the right audience because I hear a lot. Well, my audience won't spend the money or the people on my list won't buy. And so there's a lot of pre-qualifiers that happen and there's assumptions that are made. And I'm going to sort of preface this episode with the fact that this, like anything else, is the long game. Building the right audience, getting in front of the right people takes time and attention and energy. And this is also what differentiates the people who succeed from the people who don't. All right, so it is time to start planning your marketing with an audience first approach. And I'll tell you guys that I was I was tempted to use the term list as opposed to audience, but you know, they're not always interchangeable. And knowing that knowing there's an audience and having an audience who follows what you do doesn't mean all of those people are always on your email list, right? And when I say knowing there's an audience, I mean, knowing there is a target market, I should say, you know, knowing there's a group of people who want what you have, 
and then also having those people following you. And then there's the next step of, are they subscribed to you? Which is why there's so many channels to market on. And also why everything you sh- you do should always be driving people to get on your email list. Now, I want to also state that that doesn't mean you don't do things to drive directly to the sale. But when it comes to cold traffic to a sale, it it takes more energy, it takes more time. There, there's That's a whole other can of worms, cold traffic directly to the sale. That's paid traffic. That's dialing in your offer, all of that. Um, but I, you guys, I spent way too long being passive about growing my list. And you're not serving anyone by not focusing on growing a list of people who have raised their hands. And we're going to go ahead and say that typing counts as raising your hand right when somebody types in their name and email and said they want to hear from you. That is invaluable. That to me trumps any social follower anywhere. And you know, that that is something I am claiming and proud to say that I, I just am taking a strong stance on email now because I know firsthand that it works and I do believe it works better than social. Because the thing is, again, you don't have any control over who sees what when on social. Now, you might be thinking, Kim, I don't have control over people emailing, opening my emails either. You absolutely don't, but you can at least track it. You can track what's working. You get the data. You get responses. Here's a great example. As I've had all these things on my mind, this is a little bit off script. (laughs) We're only, what, not even five minutes in, we're off script. But I sent an email today telling a a story, so to speak. I love those story-based emails. My subject line was, she was 60. And dot, dot, dot. I love doing the ellipses, like, okay, you got to click in to read more. And the point was, you know, I hope hopefully you guys will visit the the podcast on the site. I've got links in there that link to the other articles. Um, one being the content marketing predictions for 2021 that I that I published on Content Creators Planner. But as we are entering this year, it's still mid-January as I'm recording this, you know, there's a lot of upheaval and uncertainty in the world because of COVID. And then we've got the US election chaos and all of those things. And, and we're hoping to see shifts towards, you know, getting back to some sense of um, non chaos. Let's just say that we're going to just make up words as we go here. But, you know, I, I was thinking about last week, I hit this wall. And it was, I don't know, Friday, maybe I was just like, oh my gosh, I have been so tired this week to the point where I'm like kind of clock watching thinking, is it 10 yet? Can I go to sleep? Can I turn the TV off? Or, you know, I, I, I'm reading on and off throughout the day, obviously with what I do with work. When I try to read at night, I have a tendency to fall asleep pretty quickly. I mean, but I was sleeping from like 10 PM to eight in the morning, like nuts. I might get up to go to the bathroom once or twice, but really that's a lot of sleep. So come Friday, I was like, I am burnt. I just feel fried. And I shared this post by the author Mel Robbins, um, who wrote the book Five Second Rule. She's got some podcasts and stuff on Audible. And it was a picture of her sitting back in a chair. And she kind of had her, you know, her hand, her eyes were closed. And her hand was touching her forehead. And I guess her daughter had snapped it. And she said that was how she felt that day. She said, with everything that's going on, we've been, you know, almost a year. It's insane with COVID. And 
that she hit this wall of, ah, I just want to climb in bed at three o'clock in the afternoon. And she said some days she wakes up and she's full of energy and enthusiasm and ready to check on the world. And then she's doing speaking events virtually. And it's like, I don't know about you guys. That's the other thing is virtual events. It's I, you want them, but at the same time, there's so much of that and that's all we have access to, but it just means more time in front of the computer anyway. But I hit this point last Friday and I was just, so I shared it on, on my personal profile on Facebook, which is really just more personal stuff. I don't do marketing off my personal profile at all. Once at a blue moon, I'll share a project I'm working on, but I was surprised to see how many people said that was me yesterday, or I was in tears yesterday. And, you know, a, a, a friend was saying it was, she's up usually really late. And she's like, I was in bed at nine 30. And so it was kind of this common theme. Okay. So I'm prefacing that with sort of this energetic mood on the planet. And what hit me is the more I feel I have to do, the less I feel I'm accomplishing. Just bear with me as I sort of <laughs> think this through out loud with you guys. And I think what happened is I was feeling that I had, there were so many things that I don't have control over. And my default response is, well, I need to do more. I need to do more. And okay, well, I've got to do this instead of simplifying and just staying the course, accepting that there's going to be days that just feel like groundhog day. What did I say? My friend Allegra and I are going to create a glossary of all the words we're making up. Groundhog day, what does I say? Groundhog dayness? <laughs> like, like it, it kind of can feel that way right now. And not to mention for me, I have absolutely gotten clear on Boise being too cold. There's a lot of gray days right now. It's winter. I get it. But I, I personally need a little more sunshine because I notice when the sun comes out, I feel like Pollyanna. Anyway, the point in me sharing this story with you that will lead to the email <laughs> that I started to tell you about that was subject line. Um, she was six. She's, she was 60 is it's not necessarily about doing more. It's about dialing in what you're doing and doing it better. And so all of the platforms we have to market on today, all of these places that we can be getting in front of our audience, there's also the work that has to be done to sell to people. Right. And so I shared this email and I wrote the story because I had a conversation yesterday with another friend who is a marketer and she was telling me she had this great launch and she was telling me that she had opened a Facebook group, which she didn't want to do for this. Uh, it's a membership and there's curriculum and stuff. And she said she shut it down. She said she hit this point where she's like, I don't want to do this. This is becoming a complete time suck. And especially because it's on the lower end price point for a membership. And, you know, she really had to deal with sort of her own demons and whatnot. And then we started talking about businesses that have been around. There is uh, an author we both read and adore that they do events and they've got subscriptions. They've been in business since 1986, have a multi-million dollar company, and they don't have a Facebook group. So my she was 60 was referring directly to Louise Hay of Hay House Publishing. If you're not familiar, huge self-help inspirational um, books and products. They do audio and they've got card decks and a bunch of different stuff. And like Wayne Dyer, who Dr. Wayne Dyer, who sadly has been gone for five years now, but just his work got me through some really tough years. 
And I had the good pleasure, um, good fortune of meeting him a couple times um, at his book signings. Just lovely human being. So he, he's published by Hay House, right? So that's an example. But my point was that Louise Hay did not launch Hay House Publishing until she was 60 years old. And we've heard all these stories. You think about, you know, like Colonel Sanders or Vera Wang. I mean, there's lots and lots of those stories. My point, specifically in this email, was that all of the tools and resources we have available to us today did not exist when Louise Hay started Hay House Publishing. And yet they did $100 million in revenue last year. So I want you to, my, my goal and hope for this and this message that seems to just be coming up with everything I'm creating is you don't need to make yourself crazy and exhaust yourself to build something phenomenal and successful. And I'm going to share, I've, I shared this, gosh, I don't know, a month or two ago, maybe longer, that I had come across uh, a man named Trevor Blake just like it sounds, if you want to Google him, he was on the capitalism podcast, who sold three companies for 600 million, the man works five hours a day from home. And that's that he did that. So I, I want to keep putting these stories and reminders in front of you. Because if you feel like, oh, gosh, now I need to go become an Instagram expert, or I'm, I'm, I avoided making a vomiting noise, uh, get on clubhouse, you know, all of these different things that you're supposed to be doing all these channels work, you guys. It's just you. where can you put your time and attention and you get to choose that to the point of my friend I talked to yesterday said, I don't want a Facebook group and she shut it down. And guess what? Uh, two or three people had issues, but hundreds didn't. So, all right. Anyway, back to the actual structured episode, but I want you to understand where I'm coming from. You're not serving anyone by not focusing on growing a list of people, like I said, who have raised their hand to be on your list. And the predictions were also in the recent issue of F the Hustle. If you've not signed up for that, go to kimdoyle.com forward slash F the Hustle, just like it sounds. Um, one of the things that I predicted in F the Hustle and in this post for Content Creators Planner was that we're going to see some massive changes in social media. Also, I had shared that in my email about Louise Hay was there is an article on Digital Marketer by Dennis Yu, where he predicts Facebook's going to get broken up this year, meaning you may or may not have heard the US government is going to try to break up Facebook from owning, you know, they own Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram. It's kind of like when they broke up the phone companies years and years ago. And I don't remember the the exact phrase and, and correct terminology of why they're doing that. But anyway, People are tired of the noise, the lack of privacy, the lack of organic results. There's always going to be a pay-to-play model without it, with these companies being business, but it's it's going to look different. And I think this is exciting. I think it's exciting to me. It feels like a relief. And to be able to take a stance and say, I'm not going to just keep creating free content for these platforms where I'm getting where I'm not getting enough results. To me, it's way more cost effective to say, all right, can I run ads for 10 bucks a day to start and check test lead gen? Can I, can I run ads to sell this versus spending all day? I don't care if you're scheduling it or you're posting it yourself or you've got someone to do it. It's, it's a complete time suck. So you have to find that balance between the automation. There's also going to be a lot of opportunity, I think, for new advertising avenues and growth channels. 
And I, I think we'll see those things popping up. You know, I am curious to see what Clubhouse does to monetize. And you guys, I grabbed my name and then I deleted the the app off my phone. And Jody had shared a an email from a gal named Tarzan K. She's a copywriter. And she said she wasn't jumping on either. And she said, I reserve the right to change my mind. So I'm kind of going to take that as well. But for now, there's nothing about it that appeals to me or fits into what I'm doing. Um, but what I'd like to focus on with this episode, the rest of it, <laughs> since I've not hit my direct points, is some real tangible things that you can do to grow your email list and take that audience first approach. So the first thing I'm going to do, and this was one of my predictions in the newsletter also, was, you know, I think people are coming back to saying, what properties do I own? I own my website. I own my email list. I may own a community off of Facebook. If it's on Facebook, you don't own it. Just remember that. Um, So I think we're going to see a lot more time and attention being put back on websites. And so it's really important that you optimize your website for list growth. And I I just don't think there's such a thing as saying this too much. Um, But if you are worried about being too pushy or overly aggressive with asking for opt-ins on your site, it's pretty safe to say you you probably will never be that person. So just turn the page on it, really. And I'm not telling you to do. And you know what's funny? I actually went looking for a sample. Neil Patel is pretty aggressive about email opt-ins. Excuse me, asking for it, like with opt-ins on his site. I remember reading a post where he had 14 and 1. He switched it up a little bit now. And his he's got a sidebar with his posts, which I don't for most of, I don't think I have a sidebar, maybe the archives for the newsletter, but I don't have a sidebar. So I put it within the post, but it's sticky. So as you scroll, the opt-ins stays with you. But if you're concerned about it, you're a decent human being. And I think it's safe to say you're probably not going to be too, too spammy, right? It's also much easier today to use conditional logic when it comes to displaying pop-ups, exit pops, ribbons, whatever. My tool of choice is ConvertBox. I freaking love this tool. They're still on a lifetime deal. The price continues to go up. It might, I don't know, it's $300 maybe, but for life, it just, it blows me away and it, they continue to develop it. And if you're not familiar with conditional logic, it basically means that like one of the basics that I use is for F the hustle. If I have a, a pop-up or a slide in, now you can't do this with inline embed forms, Excuse me, but those usually require, sorry, I'm having bubbly water. I'm like, I ran on my other one. Anyway, it's when, when it's embedded in, into a post or a piece of content, obviously you, well, there might be tools that you can hide that with convert box. I don't think you can because I'm linking to a button or I'm linking to an image, right? But that requires the user, the reader to take an action so they can ignore that. I'm just talking about the stuff that kind of shows up in their face which would be, like I said, a pop-up or a ribbon or a slide-in or an exit-pop or something, which if that person is already on your email list, you can set it to say if they're tagged, like for me, if they're tagged as an F the Hustle subscriber, don't show this. Easy peasy. So at the bare minimum, you should have your homepage opt-in. You want a subtle opt-in above the fold. And if you've not seen it, I have changed my homepage to a new layout. I'm just slowly going to be working through the site. Um, And 
that was uh, thanks to Jody's help. So yeah, I'm kind of getting back into building pages and stuff myself. <laughs> Could I be more of a whiner? Anyway, so I have an opt-in. It's a, it's a button. I will be adding a ribbon or a pop-up as well, because again, that that requires the user to click a button. I want something that is kind of in their face. And I'm just going to tell you this also that you may think pop-ups are annoying, but the bottom line is they work. I, it's just a part of doing business. I really believe that. So your homepage should have that subtle opt-in above the fold, maybe a ribbon or a slide in to capture people who scroll further down the page. And, or you can use, it used to be called a welcome gate, but it's basically, and Neil Patel has this on his site. It's when somebody lands on the site and it, it takes over the whole screen. So it's, it kind of, whether it grays it out, whites it out, take a whole background color, whatever, but they, they can't see that the rest of your site until they opt in or close that. It's not a requirement, right? So you want to make sure you've got that homepage opt-in and then you want to have an in-post opt-in, at least one in every post. And I would recommend one at the end of the post. I have just released um, a new lead magnet that you can grab if you're not on my list. If you're on my, on my list, I've given it to you. Um, and if you haven't downloaded it and you don't have one of those emails, please just feel free to email me at Kim at Kim Doyle.com and I'll send it to you. But if you're on my list, so you've gotten that, but it's called email marketing sessions and it's a seven day email course that I recorded an accompanying audio to go with each lesson. Okay. So, um, what I will be adding, I right now have it for F the hustle and I'm just going to test you guys. I'll test having F the hustle opt in on some stuff and I'll have the email marketing sessions on the other. But as an example, this podcast episode, there will be a couple buttons within the post once it's published to get email marketing sessions. And at the end of the, the post itself, I'll do an image. That's a big call to action to get email marketing sessions. I am not going to be shy about this, you know, and so we'll test. And the cool thing is also whether it's ConvertBox or another tool, you can check which ones convert the best. It's, it's, it's super powerful. So you want that in post opt-in. And this is something I've not added, but I'm going to is I'm going to add an exit pop. So if someone has not opted in and they go to leave my site, there's going to be a pop-up that says, wait, before you go, you guys would be surprised. I, th I think where I got sort of sold on exit pops was uh, when we launched the content creators planner and we had just people could buy, we had the physical planner and the masterclass and the digital. Well, on the, on the landing page, and this is a landing page that we were running paid traffic to. They could, the order bump was the masterclass. They could buy the physical planner. And if they left without buying, then it was like, wait, get the PDF. Holy moly, did that work? And so you have to test these things. Even if it doesn't, it's not your natural comfort zone. You guys, I've hit this point where, and it's really been over this last year, this has been such a year of growth for me personally. And I had my call with my therapist this weekend and, and she was saying, you know, that she said, you're so much more open to hearing stuff that might've been hard to hear or not hard to hear, but like, I, I don't know, doing what I said I didn't want to do. And, and I can't even think of an example off the top of my head, but meaning if your list isn't growing, if you're not grabbing subscribers because you've not tried this, what do you have to lose? You're, it's not, you're not going to lose, you're not going to lose anything. 
test it. So that's all I'm saying. I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, hey, if I've tried other things and they don't work, I'm willing to try stuff and I'm willing to give it the due diligence and the time. Here's a funny one. So I was telling you earlier that I love Wayne Dyer. um, And I remember listening to him. He has a saying that was, and I I don't know if this was his originally, but he said, be open to everything and attached to nothing. And he said, you know, if I've got hemorrhoids and someone tells me that crystals will cure hemorrhoids, he said, I'm buying a crystal chair. Like, why not try something? Hopefully that was a little bit amusing for you. So anyway, again, because a tool like ConvertBox will allow you to only display it if people aren't tagged, it's really easy to do this without, you know, feeling super obnoxious. And again, the inline posts are always going to display, but they will require the action. And keep in mind for some of these, and you're going to have to balance it out. You have to, I would, I would highly recommend either you know, planning this out on a Google Doc or something or pen and paper, because you can have too many. And you have to be very clear about where each of these will show up. So as an example, on individual posts, I don't think I would do a pop up, I would only do the exit pop up, because you don't want to be like five things popping up. But a tool like ConvertBox, again, will allow you to only display this if only display F, you know, every seven days or so there's a lot of rules within there that you can set. And again, you just have to test it. So here's a little stretch goal. I love doing stretch goals like, okay, so maybe you've decided I'm going to put the homepage opt-in up and I'm going to do one opt-in within the post. My recommendation would be, can you do at least two or can you do one bot button in the post and then one image? Because you can literally just drop an image into a WordPress post and hyperlink it with the link that ConvertBox gives you again, if you're using ConvertBox. So do one more than you're totally comfortable with, but one more might feel a little bit like, all right, okay, I'm willing to try that. You know, if I tell you to do five, that might be too much, but your stretch goal could just, just do one more than you originally are doing even. Okay. So that's my recommendation. And then obviously I think it probably goes out saying, but I'm going to say it anyways, you have to be driving traffic to all of this for any of these things to work. Right. All right. Here's another tangible. So we talked about optimizing your website for list growth. And before we get into the next item, please make sure I, I, make assumptions all the time, right? That if you've been following me or you're new to me, I was a WordPress chick. I talked about all that stuff. So whether or not you're on WordPress, please make sure that you have Google Analytics set up so you can be tracking data. And whether or not you have any intention of ever running Facebook ads, I would highly recommend putting a Facebook pixel on your site so that you can start building a custom audience. Whether or not you use it, it's there. If you're going to be making a conscious effort to be driving traffic to your site. All right. So number, well, I didn't actually number these, but the next one, (laughs) the next tangible is to get picky, choose one or two social platforms to focus on. And again, I know I might be starting to sound like a broken record when it comes to social media. So let me clarify that I am not anti-social media and I'm going to continue using it. What's changing is how I use it. I become very disciplined about closing social when I'm working and I really try not to get caught up in the scroll. It's that simple. I don't have time to be kind of, um, okay. Wow. I wish I had that broken record. Like, let's back that one up. I don't have time to become an expert on any of the platforms truthfully right now, 
But there are a few things I can absolutely do that are solid growth strategies and will drive the right people to my site. And so my strategy basically right now is to share my content to each of my platforms and engage. But I don't necessarily hop in to Twitter and get on lists and engage in conversations. You know, so I I will say that I've been much more about pushing content at social, which kind of defeats the purpose of what social is. I just, and I'm okay with that right now. So I'm going to be really clear that there's probably plenty I could do with social, but I'm clear on what I'm doing and what works for me and honestly how I want to feel on a day-to-day basis. Um, I will share where I'm going to be spending more time once I have that solid strategy in place because um, I am going to have some help with that. And I think I'm going to pick two platforms that I've not used a ton, but I see a lot more opportunity on. So again, I'll share that later. But how this element of being picky and choosing one or two social platforms, how it translates to to the audience first approach. So first is to check my bios on all the platforms to make sure they're all sending people to an opt-in. I They all probably could use a revision and updating the content of what's in the bios. So repurposing longer form content as articles on specific platforms. I am launching the F the Hustle publication on Medium, but I will also be putting all of my content on Medium, which I've done sporadically, but that's going to be a consistent regular growth channel for me. Um, And then there are a couple platforms that will allow for publishing of articles. And so I'm just going to test, excuse me. So I'm going to make sure that I'm sharing content, i.e. what is the message that is about solving a problem for someone. Now, it is in my nature, it is part of my personality to pull in fun, right? Like whether it's something I think is funny, um, a little bit of my sense of humor, or something that's inspirational, whatever it is. So I'll mix those in as I feel it. But I am really going to focus on like, clearly, I am putting a lot of time and energy into email marketing. And so I'm going to be driving that message across those channels. But the sharing the content um, about email marketing really has to be about the pain points for people. So like, I've got a lot of work to do. I'm digging into this. I, I, I've fallen back in love with Evernote and I've just got notebooks and I'm researching and working through things. So make sure that the content you're sharing isn't just what you want to share, but it's what resonates. So the example I gave earlier about um, the email I sent out today, she's 60. You don't need to be on all the platforms, right? Where I was talking about Louise Hay launching at 60 years old, her publishing company. I asked people what they felt and I asked them to click through and read the Dennis Yu article on Digital Marketer. And I got a few responses this morning right away. And, and I know that that message is resonating with people. So I have to work on what does that look like in terms of how it shows up? Because I don't want this all to be ranty. I'm also going to make my position crystal clear. So using sort of the F the hustle message as an example, really start taking a stronger stance on how I feel about the hustle culture in general. Because if if that resonates with people, they're my ideal audience. If they're bro marketers who you know, take pride on working 24 seven, which I think that whole, I think that's on its way out, but that's for another day. Um, But 
if I use that message and I come across that taking a stance, you absolutely have to do the work, but you do not need to stop sleeping to make that happen. You just have to have the patience to deploy. Anyway, so either way, taking that approach with the content that I'm putting onto these platforms with the intention of engaging and having conversations and driving people back to maybe more content versus, so it might be sending people back to this podcast episode as an example. So you really want to think about taking a stance. The other person I I always think about who was so crystal clear and polarizing is Garrett J. White. And if you're not familiar with him, he is Wake Up Warrior. And I met Garrett in the Empire Mastermind years ago. And he has blown this thing up. And he was very crystal clear that he only serves married men. And he swears a ton, doesn't care if you like it or not. But his, his company is just blown up. And he didn't apologize for that, you know, and I hope this, this truly, I don't want to offend anyone in this, but I see men have an easier time doing this than women, truthfully. Uh, God, I even saw he's launched a green juice supplement line. So, but he was crystal clear on who he served and he, he just took a stance with that. So don't be afraid to have an opinion. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I, I tend to focus on the positive and I'm always trying to be moving towards something as opposed to moving away from something. So part of my message with all of this is that I'm moving towards simplifying and scaling. Simplify and scale is really, I just came up with that right now. So (laughs) that makes me happy, (laughs) but I don't want to be going in 52,000 directions. I want to get things working and then I want to make them work better and make them work better. Right. And, and then I'll do the new thing, which is so hard for entrepreneurs, honestly, because, you know, taking the time to get clear on your message is hard work. I was uh, boxing with a friend this morning, the boxer app, which man, that thing has been wonky lately. And I've got the group coaching that I'm launching next month. And, you know, I've been talking about doing this for a long time. It's almost fleshed out completely, but I need to get clear and I, I need to go back. I need to go back and edit and tweak. And then does this make sense? Is this a problem I'm solving. You know what I'm saying? That work is hard work. I mean, honestly, especially for someone who likes to do things from a place of inspiration, which I could write and talk all day from a place of inspiration. But the truth is it doesn't always work. It's not always clear, right? So there's those elements of fun and having a point, but you also need to make sure there's sort of an end goal. And hear my heart because I also believe if you feel inspired to create something, run with it. But I think there is a balance between strategy and inspiration and intention. Fortunately, I I don't know when this happened, but I fell in love with Master. Actually, I do know what happened. So when I started doing my daily emails five years ago, I'm not doing them now, but I, I just fell in love with mastery. And as hard as it can be, the results are kind of like the image that came to me as I was typing this. Do you know that air horn? I'm not going to try to mimic an air horn. It's so loud and in your face. That's what happens when you start working on mastery. You you can't ignore it. It it just works. Taking the time to get clear on your message works. Uh, you have to be able to clearly articulate your message, which is something that I'm always working on. You know, get crystal clear on who you help, their problems, and how you help solve them. And the solutions you offer will make the biggest difference in everything you do. So that sentence didn't quite come out right, but meaning getting crystal clear on those things is going to make the biggest difference. 
with everything you do. I've told this story a couple times, and that is when Jody and I spent six hours, six hours on Zoom doing Story Brand for Content Creators Planner. We continue to go back to all of that. It has helped us craft content and copy for years. Now, as we are getting years, the two years we've been in business, but as we're getting close to uh, version two, we're going to release probably second quarter is we've, we've gotten tighter and clearer on that message. Jody is an essentialist. She's really brought me over to that side and we're going to be, it's kind of version 2.0 of that brand, like helping people simplify and get better results by creating better content, not more content. So create less, but better. Anyway, um, the truth is you're just gonna have to suck it up. This, this work, (laughs) you guys, it's kind of like, you know, being disciplined to say, okay, I need to finish writing this podcast episode and then record it. And next thing you know, it's like, all right, well, that was three hours, but it's the work that needs to be done. Don't get caught up in playing on social and distractions. Anyways, I'm not going to get into a productivity rant here. That's really not my forte. I've got enough of my own (laughs) um, finessing and fine tuning of that for myself. But the truth is, you just need to do the work uh, and then revisit it often and rework it. Because the more results you deliver, the better you'll get at refining your message. And this is, you know, uh, another prediction. I don't think I put this in anything. I do think we're going to see more, uh, re- not, I almost said requirements, but registered webinars, like lot, a lot less free training. Um, but people are going to be willing to pay. And I'm not talking summits and seminar and, you know, 30 speaker things. I'm talking, look, you want to learn a specific task. I'm going to do a paid webinar. It could be 10 bucks. It could be 200. It doesn't make a difference to me what you're charging, but I think you're going to see more of that. And the beauty is when you do those things live, I'm a big proponent of doing things live is you get the feedback, you get the feedback. So I've done a lot of one-on-one coaching and I've gotten a lot of feedback, which is why I want to do the group now. Okay. And the last piece, uh, Oh, I've got two more. I am chatting off script today. So hopefully you guys are following along. So the next one is boring works. In other words, being consistent. And this is where I was joking around that boring is kind of like the entrepreneur's kryptonite. You know, no one decides to go into business for themselves because they like the status quo and don't crave change. However, this is that thing, like I said earlier, that differentiates the people who succeed from the people who don't. And I've experienced this on both sides of the coin. My podcast grew because I was consistent. I was publishing, sharing, promoting, etc. It also took a hit when life went sideways, and I just couldn't care less. I couldn't have cared less. When I lost my mom, high school with my son was challenging. I was surviving and getting it through it. So I could not be consistent. Because I I was doing the best I could, to be honest. And I think when you I was fortunate enough that I had built an audience and people cared and I shared what I was going through. Um, But now I'm sort of back in this regrowth stage for lack of a better term. You know, I look at the growth of F the Hustle and Creativity Published, which if you are not on that is our newsletter for the Content Creators Planner. But both continue to do well because we continue to publish without fail. Creativity Published is at 28 weeks. You guys, we've been doing that more than half a year. That's exciting. And F the Hustle has been published for 11 weeks. So I'm almost at a full quarter for that. And when I when I started getting into email marketing, I would say five years ago, I always had an opt-in and a list back from starting in 2008, but it was, it was when I decided to put effort into it and focus on it. And I was doing my almost daily emails. 
I was floored at the results. Not only was I getting results, meaning opens, clicks, and most importantly, sales, I fell in love with what I was doing and it gave me a better depth and understanding. I am such a believer in who we become in the process. And it's it's a hard thing to explain. It's a hard thing to quantify and really dial in. But I don't know. That's where the magic lies. I thoroughly enjoyed starting my day writing that email. And I'm working my way back to that for this brand, for my personal brand. And the goal is to add one or two broadcast emails to Content Creators Planner a week in addition to the newsletter, um, which means a lot of writing. So I have to stay focused and simply schedule it. The truth is I'm much better at hitting deadlines for Content Creators Planner than I am for my own brand simply because I'm accountable to Jody, and I don't want to let her down. So I can tell you, even with launching the group coaching, I will be setting up some accountability with someone who I don't want to let down and that I will just, it just works for me. So whatever works for you. But, you know, I really think it's that if you start treating your audience the same way, meaning, you know, spending time with them consistently until you start getting some traction, do things where you can measure. And when I say spending time with them, I mean, okay, if you want to go all in in Twitter, are you engaging in conversations? Again, not a Twitter expert, but you know, what is working for you? I know my friend Devinder with his WP weekly newsletter is getting a lot of traction from Twitter. And you know, so he is spending more time on Twitter. That's my point. Too often people spend time with their peers are not their potential subscribers and customers. This is where having a strategy in place that supports your business goals will keep you on task. And here we go. The last item of this list of things to do um, in terms of an audience first approach is to ask questions. This is probably the most underutilized yet simple thing you can do. You have to ask people questions. The email that I mentioned to you today, I simply said, if you read the article, hit reply and let me know. I'm curious. And one other one one of the responses I got, she had said, you know, I hadn't read um I haven't read the article and I will, but she was just thanking me for the email and agreeing and she replied because I asked people to hit reply and let me know. So, keep that in mind. Um but you ask them what they're struggling with, what they want more of, what industry they're in, etc. And you don't want this always to come across as a survey per se. I love the hit reply. Hit reply with an email is brilliant. I think you can host, you know, uh, ask me anything. You can do Q&As if you've got a group or you've got a community, wherever that is. You can do polls, all of that. Um, You can do plenty of research online and make assumptions. But at the end of the day, hearing it directly from people you serve is priceless. One thing I want to differentiate, though, asking questions of people who are on your list and part of your audience is far different than crowdsourcing opinions. And I see this a lot in Facebook groups. Now, that doing this in a Facebook group can work and it cannot work, right? I mean, it's a, it's a, that's that testing, trying mentality. But I mean, I think it works when you already have an idea and a strategy. If you're starting from scratch and you're trying to get opinions as to whether or not um, somebody, you know, let's say you're thinking of launching something, you're like, do you want this from me or this from me? Would you buy this? Would you be interested in this? People will tell you that that means nothing, though, until they take their wallet out, right? So keep that in mind. If it's something that you are doing based on, okay, as an example, 
the newsletter, me launching a newsletter. I'd already had the success with Creativity Published for the planner. I had gone down a massive rabbit hole of of newsletters and sort of this, what I call a comeback. And apparently I'm like a year late to the comeback, but that's okay, um, of newsletters and what that looks like. I'd done a lot of homework and I knew I was going to do it regardless. Now, I could have crowdsourced the name. But again, I think I'm at this point in my life where I'm like, nah, I'm doing what works for me. And I've talked about people's opinions on the name. That's fine. To each their own. I, I hold no begrudging. But I could have gotten stuck in coming up with a name. I went with what hit me with massive inspiration. And it was like a brick upside the head that this is what you need to do. I'd come up with that the hustle years ago. And I was like, this is it. This is it. And I did have friends privately. Are you sure? And I was like, yep, I'm sure. So I could have gotten stuck is my point. And that's what I see happening sometimes in Facebook groups. I I think when you have the strategy in place, you've already got a structure for what you're doing, why you're doing it, who you're serving, the problem you're solving. Crowdsourcing in this case can lead to some excitement. It can lead to a little bit of pre-launch buzz for lack of a better term. Um, and I don't know, the other thing that drives me crazy, and this is a non sequitur rant, but is it me or is anyone else tired of the Facebook questions that require people to respond with a one word answer to show they're interested in something? And I know, I know it works. If you're not familiar with this, it's so I've put together a new report on this hit interested, leave write interested in the comments and let me know. And then they either PM you in your, in your messenger inbox or they don't follow up on it, right? But it's just like, it, it feels a little bit like the the puppet on a string, you know, like I'm the marionette, they pull the string and I'm la 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 dancing for them. So <laughs> I don't know. I know that stuff works, but there's plenty of other things that work. So we'll leave that at that. Um, again, remember, you're supposed to be helping and serving people. So just know your intention, I think, behind the crowdsourcing and, and kind of pre-launch buzz, for lack of a better term. You also can't, you don't want to come from a place of taking what people tell you or the responses they give you as law. Because again, until someone says, here's my credit card, I want to buy from you, you know, or they email you because they're on your list or they, they vote with their email address, at least it's hearsay, (laughs) right? Um, So just keep that in the back of your head, do your own due diligence, get clear on the problem you're solving, and then put it out to your group. And like I said, the flip side is that you can garner some interest for the thing. And I, I'm a big believer. I did this with, that was the whole kind of behind the scenes of list explosion. The course I did where I launched a free course and I got 500 people into that course in less than 10 days, all organically because of the pre-launch buzz that I did for that. So that works as well. All right. I kind of want to wrap this up with a little bit of simplification since what did I say? My goals are simplify and scale. Yeah, I need to write that down or now I'm gonna have to go back and listen to my own episode. The easiest way to create and build your audience first approach is honestly to go back to the basics of being a decent human being. I often think of the book, All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten by Robert Fulgham, which was published in 1990. And I was working in a bookstore. So I remember this book well. Um, And it's a list of basics about getting through life. Like one of them was, you know, share, don't push. I mean, little things, but I loved this one. I wanted to share this quote with you. 
um, is live a balanced life. Learn some and think some and draw and paint and sing and dance and work some every day. I was actually thinking I should do something like that for entrepreneurs. Um, we'll see. You know, but at the end of the day, guys, if you're clear on what you're doing, why you're doing it, and who you want to serve, it's going to work. How well and how fast it works is up to you. Focus on the strategies, test and try tactics. And the last thing I want to uh, wrap this up with is a um, uh, a dear friend and coaching client, Bertrand, had I sent out with the last issue of the F the Hustle that one of my predictions is that kind of good old basics, good old marketing is is coming back. And he's like, can you give some examples of evergreen? So if you're not sure, like evergreen marketing, writing, 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 you guys, I, I wish I had grasped this earlier. And I know we live in a video world, so I'm not saying video doesn't matter. But if you can get good at writing, study copy, you don't have to want to be a writer, but you have to be able to convey your message or hire a really good writer, but we'll, we'll come across everything else you do. And it's, it's just a practice and you only get better by doing it. But evergreen basic direct response marketing principles, copywriting, writing, being able to have the right offer in front of the right people. So you think about all of those types of strategies. It's you have to be able to communicate the message and and solve the problem. So that's direct response marketing principles. And if you're not sure, you know, go back and read old books. Um, it, wow, God, I'm it's I'm totally drawing a blank on it. Brian Kurtz was kind enough to gift it to me by by Eugene Schwartz. Oh gosh. Anyways, there's a lot of classics that continue to be core staples that um, that people who succeed in marketing use with advertising. I mean, advertising is not going anywhere. You will absolutely see more growth if you can you know, don't buy that. Don't buy another course, put money into ads. And you guys, there's enough free information out there to test and try things. Anyways, I love you tons as always. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Until next week, have a fantastic day. And truly, I'm going to go ahead and ask if you have not left a review in iTunes or Stitcher, or is it Google Play? I don't remember what it's called now, but is it Google Podcast? Either way, a review would mean the world to me. Have a fantastic day and I will catch you next week.